Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jenikin. We're going to start out by thanking our Patreon contributors. They contributed over on patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. There they got access to hours and hours and hours of bonus content not available on this feed. So if you would like to hear some of our other shows that we do for Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And this week we had... Chai, Christy, Allison, Jorge, Danielle, Lisa, Tracy, Winnie, Barbara, Maria, Patrick, Allison, Acacia, Tom, Lori, Jennifer, Anthony, Janine, Shannon, Gemma, Ariana, and Danielle. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. All right. This week, We are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is reality TV drama. These are some of the biggest crimes and scandals that I feel like talking about this week. That's the theme. Because, (laughs) (laughs) well, I didn't want to say these are the biggest crimes and scandals of reality TV of all time, because there's a lot. Yeah. There happens to be a lot in this genre. There is. So this will probably be an episode we do again at some point. Absolutely. In the future. I like reality crimes and scandals. I like reality TV in general. And I have to admit, I wasn't a fan from the beginning of reality TV's inception as we know it today. But I grew into one, definitely. Yeah, you're probably bigger than me. Yeah. Like as far as a fan. I started off early, but I kind of grew out of it. Did you watch Survivor? I watched Survivor when it first started. Right. I watched The Bachelor when it first started. Really? Yeah. I watched um, Rock of Love. (laughs) That's my personal fave dating show. I love Rock of Love. You know, I think I watched Flavor of Love too. You know, our friend Sonia, have you? Her podcast uh, is all about VH1 reality shows. Oh, it's called Rewind the Love. Oh, so if you guys want to hear recaps of all those VH, because I know those VH1 shows were so popular. Rock of Love is so good. I also watched Charm School, <laughs> which was kind of a Rock of Love and other dating show spinoffs. So it was like bad girls, right? Getting learning manners, which is definitely something I should do at some point. <laughs> You didn't go to finishing school, I Desi? did not. But it was like, I do feel like that was something I thought was a thing, like a real thing growing up, because I watched a lot of old movies growing up, and it was like girls getting learning how to become ladies. They do have that. Yeah. So I never learned how to become a lady. It's just natural to me. <laughs> it just comes natural. So I liked Charm School. Yeah. Uh, that was a funny show, because it was lots of cat fights. And then there was a reality show... Because I remember one of the contestants from Rock of Love, it was like a, it was like an athletic competition. I use that word very loosely, uh, where they could win money. Uh, I, I should re- find out what that was because that was that was a good show. This too, is I a deep cut. Yeah, so it was like winning money, and it was a lot of the reality VH1 reality shows competing 
in like a big brother situation. <laughs> I, I, I could be making this all over, mixing up a bunch of things together. So yes, I watched a lot of reality shows and then I've watched all the, you know, toddlers and tiaras and like that kind of shit too. TL, is that TLC? Yes. And hoarders and like intervention I liked. Yeah. Uh, so I have, but I just, I don't watch a lot of like, you just had on Say Yes to the Dress. Yeah. That is not a show I will ever watch. I'm glad I saw it there while you were watching it. <laughs> and I can see why it's something you watch while doing other things. It's ze- I have zero interest in it. There's not even enough drama There's to keep no me. Dra- yeah. Desi, I'm telling you, there are no stakes on that show. Yeah. It's, so It is pure background noise. Yeah. It's definitely, that's an accurate description. Uh, so I would not watch that, but Yeah. I like them. That being said, I do think the TLC network probably produces my favorite reality content. Well, they've upped the game. Like, that is their thing now, Well, yep. I think. They're not the learning channel anymore. <laughs> no, I'm no longer learning. We're not, we're not learning anything anymore. No, I mean, I feel like that's all they have now, well, right? Yeah, I don't... Doesn't... Oh, you know what was good? My Strange Addiction. Oh, I loved that show. <laughs> <laughs> That one's so good. The, did you see the one where the guy was in love with his car? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a classic. I don't like the ones where there was like one woman who ate sofa cushions. <laughs> like those things I'll start to have a reaction to because I, I get like a very visceral reaction thinking of eating something uh, like that. That's not even as bad as the people who are like, I eat rocks. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of eating ones well, on that show. Like, or the sofa, toilet paper one, sofa too. Sofa cushion and toilet paper is gross, but when someone is crunching on rocks or oh, glass... Yeah. Oh, see, I'm, I'm like getting ill. Yeah. Because I can feel it on my teeth. <laughs> so bad. I also liked the episode of My Strange Addiction, the woman who was addicted to tanning. Oh, I don't know if I remember that one. And her family was like, you look stupid. Yeah. When and the families are mean, I do. I like those episodes. <laughs> And I will say, I watched, we watched a lot of intervention in rehab. It wasn't like a, they made us watch it. It was like whenever we all got to watch TV once a week in rehab, we would all gather around and watch intervention and laugh. You're like, let's watch these train wrecks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not us. Seriously. It was like, that was the show we watched to feel better about ourselves. That was a good show. I I can I remember the first time I saw that show was in Vegas. I was randomly in Vegas, and since I don't really gamble, even though I have done it with Rachel now, I sat in the hotel room all night long watching reality TV because I didn't have cable at the time. So that was the first time I saw Intervention, and I watched like literally ten episodes in a row. <laughs> like I did, I could not stop watching it because I was like, this is the best show ever. <laughs> Dude, somebody asked me once, and I really don't know if they were being sincere, but they were like, were you on Intervention? It was the episode about the blonde woman who was on meth, and she was naked the whole time. Oh, I remember that one. I was like, that was not me. You're like, I wasn't on meth. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I would never let someone film me. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I've started following Ken on Facebook, I remember after that, and he like followed me back, and I was like, oh my God. And I was obsessed with Candy. I was like, I want to hang out with Candy so bad. I loved Candy. She was my favorite. So it was a good episode when Candy was the interventionist. Well, the TLC network did make this list. Oh, good. In this episode of Crimes and Scandals. So we will get to that. But for now, we're going to start off with a reality show that I watched. I think this was the first reality show that I was obsessed with. Okay. And that was American Idol. Oh, yeah. Now, American Idol premiered in 2002, I believe. And... I was a big fan 
from day one. I loved American Idol. I wasn't even thinking of competitive reality shows. I watched a ton of those. Well, this was must-see TV for me. I remember at some point, maybe season five, saying, I will never stop watching American Idol. <laughs> kind of bailing on it at some point. Oh, I was the I was same like, way. This is the best show ever. I will never stop. And obviously I have stopped watching it. But you, like, you know, when I stopped, I, okay, they got rid of Paula and I was disappointed, but I tried to push through for, through like the Ellen season, but American Idol, when it was in its prime, that was good TV. Can I say, I still think of certain songs all the time and maybe you know one of oh, them. Oh, I'm sure. Because one of my all-time favorite performances, and I think it was season two or three, was this woman who sang Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> this performance all the time because she was like squatting <laughs> and she sounded awful and I kind of was rooting for her but she just did not have the chops but it was one of the worst performances and when I hear Good Yet by Yellow Brick Road I hear her caterwauling you know the part where it's like uh, like when she did that it was so bad I think her name was like Carmen something oh my god I can't remember okay I thought you would know I still think of David Cook singing the music of the night from oh Phantom of the Opera I get chills when I think of contestants <laughs> from the early days. <laughs> David Cook. Like remember? sometimes I think of Taylor Hicks and like literally have oh, to sit down. Dude, dude <laughs> when when it was Taylor Hicks's season, I was so irrationally angry at him. I, I hated, hated him. <laughs> Hicks. I was like, please do not let this fucking guy win. Like I was livid. I was so angry that he won. I, when Simon would give him a good review, I was furious. They fucking loved him. I was like, Simon, you're my side. We don't like him. I don't even remember who was, he was competing against. Was that Catherine McPhee season? I think it was. I can't remember. Um, okay, I'm sorry. What's the scandal? Okay, you're going to remember this. This is... Okay. In 2003, 23-year-old Frenchie Davis... Oh became a contestant on the second season of American Idol. Now, by this time, like we said, American Idol had become a cultural phenomenon and was must-see TV. Not just for me, for America. Yeah. It was must-see TV. Frenchie auditioned with the song, and I am telling you, from Dreamgirls. I remember it. Well. She nailed it, obviously. Frenchie has an amazing voice. And she was met with a standing ovation from judges Paula Abdul and Randy Jackson. Now, Simon Cowell stayed seated, but he was very impressed. Yes. He doesn't stand up a lot. No. Frenchie made it to the semifinals, the top 48, before being disqualified after they learned that she had posed topless for a porn site when she was 19 to help pay for college. Frenchie said that she was upfront with producers when she was filling out paperwork that involved a background check, and at the time, she said it wasn't a problem with them. But two months later, they suddenly removed her from the show, citing that being the reason. And of course, the nude site uh, uh, that she posed for wasn't even up anymore. Yeah. So she was like, what the fuck? They didn't even see the pictures. Was it on the Wayback Machine? <laughs> I have no idea what they had back then, but... Of course, all the media outlets picked it up. This was a big scandal. There was a lot of like sex work shaming happening yeah. in the media. I remember when the story broke and not understanding what the problem was because she was an adult. Yes, it wasn't anything illegal. No. Uh, 
No, I, I, I was outraged because I she was like one of my favorites. Same uh, early she, on. I think she was a fan favorite too. I mean, she. Oh yeah, because she had like a look. Like first of all, yes. she had like that. Did she have blonde hair? Then? She had neon hair. Yeah, she had like a really standout look. Her style was standout, and she had like a great voice and a lot of personality. Like she was a star contestant Absolutely. early on. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So it was fucking bullshit. That she got booted for yeah, I remember a that. really stupid reason. That was the Ruben Stuttered Clay Aiken season. Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sidebar about Ruben Stuttered. I saw a really great tweet on Twitter after all the Justin Timberlake fallout this past week. Oh. And it was it was a look, this was a deep cut tweet. Somebody said that Justin Timberlake is doing his sorry two thousand four. Do you remember that was Ruben Stuttered's first single? No. <laughs> Look, I'm going to admit to this. Once those contestants left the show, I didn't really give a fuck about them anymore. A few maybe. Yeah. But I didn't really follow their careers that much. Uh, and Ruben was like, I liked Ruben, but he yeah. was not my favorite that season. I can't remember. I'd have to refresh my memory of who was on. Was that? No. Okay. Fantasia was season three. Yes. I loved Fantasia. I love Fantasia. That was like the... F- I mean, I liked Kelly too, but Fantasia was like the first time I was like, yes, like I, I wanted Fantasia. I think that's the only time I've ever voted on American Idol. Is oh, like, really? Yes. I was like, I need Fantasia to win. I might have voted for Kelly because I did not like Justin. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm always like a hate voter. Like, yeah, for sure. No, I was so into this show. I, I How do we not know this? I don't know, but I was obsessed with now it. Now I like want to talk about American Idol with Me you too. for like an hour. Me too. <laughs> So Frenchie Davis, she told Your Web, which is a European news site, I believe, she said, quote, they had decided that because American Idol was a family show that they could not have me on that show because of the pictures I had taken, though they had never even seen the pictures. So this was just a detail they found out. That's weird. Because she was up front with them, like, hey, if you ever come across like by the way yeah. just being up front with you and it was fine and then two months later they weren't yeah, fine with I it. I have no idea. A few years later when American Idol contestant Antonella Barba had her own private nude photos leaked one of which consisted of her performing oral sex she remained on the show. Now Frenchie spoke out about this decision citing the racial bias of the production's decision. Frenchie was a large black woman while Antonella was a thin white woman, someone whose physical features fit into this America American Eurocentric pop star right. ideal. Frenchie told the New York Post, quote, I couldn't help but notice the difference between the manner in which she was dealt with and how I was dealt with. I think it's fantastic if Idol has evolved, and I think it's fantastic she won't have to go through what I went through four years ago. But if the rules have changed, I believe there should be something to make up for the fact that I was humiliated needlessly. Ooh, yeah. And I agree with her. Was Antonella's, like, phone leaks? Somebody leaked nude photos of Uh her, which isn't... Right, and I don't think either of them should have to be kicked off of no, the show. I agree. Gabrielle Union filed a discrimination lawsuit against NBC and Simon Cowell after she was fired from her position as a judge on America's Got Talent. Gabrielle cited a hostile, racist work environment. In the lawsuit, fellow judge Julianne Huff was mentioned, Ooh. citing her use of blackface in her <gasps> 2013 Halloween costume, oh. which she covered her face in layer upon layer of bronzer to dress as crazy eyes from Orange is the New Black. 
I'm sorry. Is this related to the Frenchie story? Yes. Okay. Because Frenchie made a comment about okay this. Okay. Sorry, I thought I missed something. No, no. Okay. We're, we're it's still tied in. Okay. Um, but it it has to do with uh, but Simon Cowell's involved. Simon Cowell's as well. involved in in the suit because. Gabrielle Union worked alongside him on AGT. They were judges together. Okay. An excerpt from Gabrielle Union's suit says, quote, producers made a decision to hire a union as a judge on AGT while simultaneously hiring Huff, a two-time professional champion of ABC's Dancing with the Stars, who had recently gone through a widely publicized scandal for personally appearing in blackface. Huff apologized in response to the public uproar that she caused. Combining someone who so openly wore blackface with someone who is black and regularly advocates on behalf of minorities should have at least alerted Telegy to that this could cause Union to experience some trepidation or concern about being unprotected from racially insensitive individuals while working as a judge on AGT. So Frenchie Davis, Uh because this was a huge news story. Yes, I remember. Frenchie Davis, she took to Instagram in response to Gabrielle Union's lawsuit, and she posted a picture of Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams sipping tea. Oh. And her caption for that picture said, My face when I saw at Gab Union is suing Simon Cowell and Fremantle Media for racial discrimination. I fucking told y'all 20 years ago, but maybe because Gabby ain't fat, folk will listen now. And this is where we collectively need to do better and hold the white people we make money with accountable for how they do business with black folk. Why any black person would expect to have an integrity-filled business interaction with these white people after what they did to me is beyond my understanding. But by all means, go off. Uh, I, I remember the case. I didn't, I didn't realize it had something to do with Julianne Huff. I don't think I heard that part. I thought there was another aspect to it with the hair and makeup or something. Uh, that too. Yeah. They did not have stylists that knew how to style black hair. Right, 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 right. So, so it, it was like a lot of things. It was a lot of hostile things happening behind the scenes. Now, shortly after leaving American Idol, Frenchie Davis went on to join the Broadway cast of Rent in 2003. And she, right. she would perform for the next four years in that production, as well as various other musical productions. So fortunately, she went on to have a career after this scandal. Is she still doing Broadway? or I think so. She yeah. competed on The Voice in 2011. Oh. And she made it to the top eight. Did I see that season? I did watch The Voice. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. I never watched The Voice. I watched The Voice and I had a friend who was on one of the seasons. What? And she was, um, her mentor was Adam, whatever his face is. What, Lambert? The, no, the guy from um, Maroon 5. Adam Levine. Adam Levine. Yes, that was her mentor. She got pretty, she got into the top like five, I think, but then she lost. Okay, but when it was Adam Lambert's season on American Idol, I was like, I would get like, (laughs) I was like so, I was such a crazy super fan of him. Of Adam Lambert? Oh my God. I was like such an Adam Lambert stan that year. I liked Adam Lambert, but I also did like Chris. What? I did. You liked Chris Allen? I mean, I thought he was fine. It wasn't like he was my favorite, but I didn't think he was like a villain. Like I really hated some of the other contestants in other years. He was not a villain. He was no, what's his name that we hated? Taylor Hicks. (laughs) 
Taylor. Ridley. We hate it. He was no. I, I was surprised he won, but I didn't like hate him. But I do feel like he had that one good performance of the Kanye West song, and it like oh, sent him over the edge. Right. And it was a good performance. Like yeah. I just thought he was a fine whatever his style is. Like yeah. he was good, and he he seemed like a really nice guy. I just meant I didn't hate him. He wasn't right. my favorite. Right. Uh, but sometimes I really have stronger feelings with the top two where I really hate someone. I think that was the season, the guy with the long hair who did Hallelujah. He was kind <laughs> of a crunchy granola-y. Bo Bice? No, <laughs> it was not. He was had like a pretty face, but he looked like he was like, like he looked like he was living like on a commune in Berkeley. I probably know who he is, but I, I, I don't know. I can't think of and it. And I think that was the David Archuleta season. Oh, God. And his dad was like a tyrant. I didn't like David Archuleta. I was not a fan. He sang some song about angels one time. Yeah. <laughs> I think he sang the Robbie Williams song. Yeah. Sometimes are no offense, but a little too like Christian for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, David Archuleta, he did have a mean dad, right? He had a mean dad, so I feel bad. And he was like a baby, so I he feel bad. He was literally like 17 or something, Dude, right? he was like 12. Yeah, I he feel was like he so was young. the youngest contestant ever. I didn't hate David Archuleta. I was not a but fan. I didn't like his songs or music. No. Like, and he was just so blah to me. Like He was bland. Yeah. That was a good season. Was so that was Archuleta. Maybe Archuleta was the David Cook season. Oh man, I forgot about David Dude, Cook. I'm so t- Remember when David Cook had burgundy hair? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did David Cook win? Yes. Oh my god, I think he did. I liked David Cook. I look like there's a lot of these people where I liked them on the show, but would I ever buy no. their music? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Like, not. Like remember Daughtry too? <laughs> There's so many like hilarious. Oh my God. I can't. I just like get chills sometimes thinking of them because I was so invested in some of these. What about Sanjaya? Oh my God. Dude, Dude, that was someone I was actively rooting against. Like, I think I liked him at first and then at some point I was like, okay, I don't want him staying over people I like. (laughs) Like it was funny at first. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of were rooting for him, but then he was like, people were getting eliminated that I liked. Right. And I was infuriated. I was infuriated. He, I think he was a big hit with teen girls. I really loved the Fantasia, Jennifer Hudson, Lato- what was her name? Latoya, Lata- La- La- Latoya London. Yes. That was like, remember those three? <laughs> Do you remember Lil Rounds? Oh yeah. I, I love Lil, Lil Rounds. Rounds. <laughs> Wait, what was the one who was like a Janis Joplin one too? Crystal something? Oh, Crystal Bauer socks. Yeah, Crystal Bauer <laughs> <laughs> I love that bitch. I'm sorry. My glasses just fell off. I'm laughing Dude, so hard. I loved Crystal Bauer socks. Yeah, there was always like a few underdogs I was rooting for. Same. And like, yeah. So I had like definitely <sighs> higher. So what, the thing would happen is I'd like a lot of people. And then when someone I liked got kicked off, then I would be furious at anyone who I felt didn't deserve to be there anymore. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. Yeah. No, there, I, I think there's very few seasons where the person I wanted to win won. Like, same. Like Fantasia was definitely uh, one of them. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. Like, I liked Kelly Clarkson fine enough. Ruben, I didn't care because I didn't really like Clay Aiken. <laughs> but I'm sure there was someone else I wanted season two. I just can't remember right now. Yeah. I anyway. feel like going back and honestly watching, that would, how deranged would that be if we went back and watched American Idol? I kind of was always curious about Mariah Carey's seasons. 
because she was a judge for a few seasons, right? Oh, that was another scandal I didn't mention was when Nicki Minaj and Mariah. Right. They, had they like hated a, each they other. They had a feud. That was, I think, when I was like, should I watch this? Because I like when the judges get into it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, those were good days. Those were really good days. Wow, I'm getting nostalgic. I'm going to have to go back and like take a look. We need to rank performances or something. Yeah. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. We just spent the last hour (laughs) revisiting some of our favorite American Idol performances on YouTube that we could remember off the top of our heads. It was a long... Uh, break. Desi, <laughs> Desi and I spoke some names to each other that we had not thought about in like 10 years. It was crazy. I was them. screaming yeah. when you mentioned like 
Pia Toscano. <laughs> Who else? Who else made me scream that you said? I can't remember. My head is like Diana filled. DeGarmo. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. You know what? Yeah. Memory lane. Absolutely. We love American Idol. Our next reality TV scandal is about Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Oh. Did you watch this show? I did not watch this show, but I did see her on Toddlers and Tiara. Same. Yeah. I did watch some Toddlers and Tiaras, which is also a TLC show. But Here Comes Honey Boo Boo was a spinoff of that show. This show ran for two seasons from 2012 to 2014 and was a spinoff of Toddlers and Tiaras. The show featured the life of pageant child star Alana Thompson and her mom, June Shannon, a.k.a. Mama June. But Here Comes Honey Boo Boo was canceled after it was revealed that that Mama June was dating convicted sex offender Mark Anthony McDaniel. Ugh. Do you remember this story? Yes, I do. In 2004, McDaniel went to prison for 10 years for aggravated child molestation. At first, Mama June denied that she was seeing him after he had been released from prison, but she and she also posted on Facebook like denying this. She said she'd never put her kids in harm's way. This is an excerpt from that Facebook post. It says, quote, I want to make a post trying to clear up the rumors. Remember you can't believe everything you read. People sell stories to the tabloid every day that are false. It isn't true. I promise my kids are number one priority over anything else. I would never put them in danger, period, over this or anything else. They are my life. This is my past. I left him 10 years ago for it, and I wouldn't go back. Now, her eldest daughter, Anna, told People Magazine that when Mama June first dated Mark Anthony McDaniel, he molested her. <gasps> so he wasn't, like, he was also molesting. I don't know if that's what he was convicted for. I don't think so. Wait, so she dated him 10 years before this second time. Yes. And supposedly that time, 10 years earlier, he molested her older daughter. Yes. Now, she was eight years old at the time, and she said she wasn't sure if her mom was dating him again now that he was out of prison, but she hoped not. She's like, well, I hope not because he molested me. Sounds like they have a close relationship. (laughs) This is really fucked up. She said to People Magazine, quote, my whole body believes that she is telling the truth, but my mind is going back and forth from, you know, hey, she's telling the truth or she's not telling the truth, but most of me believes her. Anna said her mother was skeptical that Mark molested her at all. (gasps) So Mama June at first was like, he did shut up. He didn't molest you. That's not true. Uh, Anna said, quote, after a week or so after it happened, I talked to Mama and she was upset, crying and saying, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Why would you do this to me? Ew. And I was like, Mama, he did that to me and I can't do anything about it. You were never there to see it. You were always at work. I'm upset that the daughter believes her, like now that she. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's she didn't. Really upsetting. She didn't believe her when it happened. I know, but the daughter's like, I'm believing her that she's saying she's not dating him or something. Right. That's upsetting. To I me. don't think she wanted to believe it. I agree. She's traumatized. But it's upsetting. <laughs> it, it's very upsetting. 
Now, following her daughter's interview with People, Mama June did an interview with Entertainment Tonight where she admitted that she had seen Mark twice since his release from prison. They weren't dating, but she had seen him because there were pictures of, that were taken of them together. So she had to admit it. She had to admit it. Uh, but she was like, we're not dating. Why do you need to see him at well, all? <laughs> she said one of those times was by accident. They ran into each other. And the paparazzi were there? I guess. <laughs> and another time was because she wanted to arrange a meeting between him and her 14-year-old daughter, Lauren, a.k.a. Pumpkin, who grew up believing that he was her father. Oh. Was he her father? I No. Her actual father <laughs> was a man named Michael Anthony Ford, who, this is who Lauren, so they have like three daughters, four daughters. Yes. So Lauren Pumpkin, she's like a middle child. She's 14. She grew up believing that this Mark Anthony guy was her dad. And Mama Shannon told this to Entertainment Tonight about who Pumpkin's real dad was. She said, quote, his name is Michael Anthony Ford. He is a convicted sex offender who served time for sexual exploitation of minors after being caught on to catch a predator in 2005. Wait, what? So, <laughs> Wait, he got caught on to catch a predator? Her, the father of this, the, the Pumpkin's, Pumpkin's real father, biological father, is this other convicted child sex offender. Okay. These are two different guys I'm okay, talking about. They I have see. similar but names. But they both have two names. They have three names. <laughs> three names. They both have three names. They're very similar. They both have Anthony as both their middle names. Okay, I thought I was like... No. Okay. I'm talking about two different men in Mama June's life. So Mama June has a type. <laughs> Mama June apparently has dated and... Uh, given birth to children with two different convicted sex offenders. Ugh. And one was caught on to catch a predator. And one of... That is wild When I tell you I tried to look for that episode. Uh, That's crazy. Did you watch To Catch a Predator? Of course. (laughs) Kidding me? That show was wild. Like, I couldn't believe that show. I couldn't believe people were still going over for iced tea <laughs> at someone's house <laughs> after this show aired for a few episodes. <laughs> like, it was absolutely stunning how they all walked in so confidently. <laughs> they, always, they always had the six-pack of Diet Coke. They always walk in with the soda. And then, <laughs> and then Chris Hansen... Why don't you have a seat over here? I used to love reading their online chat messages. They were just the most disgusting men. Seeing a disgusting old pervert type LOL is so vulgar to me. There was one I remember that he was saying things like knock boots. And I was like, dude, what year is it? (laughs) Like it was just so, I hated it. The only thing I could get through was knowing that they were going to get caught and they weren't really talking to someone during those messages. Like they were talking to the undercover, whoever it was. Uh, yeah, that show was crazy. So I, they should bring that show back. I agree. So here comes honey boo boo was canceled after this revelation. Good. I mean, uh, that show was a bit much for me. It was a lot. I couldn't stomach it. I was not for me. Toddlers and Tiaras is also a bit much. Like, I did stop watching it because I was like, ah, I don't know about this show. Like, it's wild, but it gets a little, it's a little too much for me. Well, we're going to talk about that now. Okay, good. Because, yeah, I agree. I could watch, like, a tiny dose of that. I could watch a few episodes. I mean, I'm interested in the world because it's wild to me, but I feel like 
it's borderline child abuse. Like, I yeah. Now toddlers and tiaras has had some moments that went viral on the show because they were so shocking. Yeah, because this show follows the world of young girl beauty pageants. Right. Some of these girls are three years old. They're very, very young. Very young. Uh, for example, and some of them wear very provocative outfits. And do provocative dances. Yeah. Yeah. And we see basically a day in the life of these different child star, child pageant stars and their mothers. Right. So it'll start off where we're seeing them prepare for these day, these pageants. There's so many of these pageants. Like, it's outrageous. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them are in the South. Yeah. There's some in Riverside County, though. Are there? Because I've thought of going. <laughs> and I was like, are you allowed to go? Because I'm so curious about this world. Yeah, I'm like morbidly fascinated by it. And I always have been. Me too. Just because I can't believe it's something that exists, sort of. I mean, it's partially that. And it's also partially I know that as a child, I would have probably wanted to do something like this. So there's that element, too. Like, I liked that kind of stuff although i wouldn't have done the sexy stuff i would have been, i would have been the kid who's doing like the corny old fashioned stuff <laughs> yeah. for sure I, uh, I think one of the other disturbing things that you see on a show like toddlers and tiaras is just the lengths that these little girls go to in terms of their hair and makeup and they get like spray tanned they get their eyebrows waxed sometimes they're little children yeah i think like there's always like some parents where they seem to take it a little more realistically and don't go overboard and the, they never win. Right. Which is like the sad thing because it's the ones who always go next level that seem to do the best. It's just so, it's just, I'm fascinated by the world, even though it is hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. For sure. I would be curious if we have listeners who did child beauty pageants. Oh, yeah. I would like to know what that was like for you as a kid, if Absolutely. you if you want to share. Yeah, I would love to hear. I those would love stories. to hear all about that. It is a world I'm fascinated by, but have a lot of feelings about. So, toddlers and tiaras featured two particularly controversial performances Ooh. by two of the young girls featured on the show. One of them was from three year old Paisley, who competed wearing pretty woman drag. Oh, do you remember was that this? the polka dot dress or no? No, what was it? no, it was not. It was the thigh high, oh god, black patent boots and the cutout okay. bodycon dress. Yes, that Julia Roberts wears in the right. be- in the beginning. I remember where it was like the the single. It was a onesie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's this three year old girl's dressed like a sex worker and doing the pretty woman dance. Okay. And the other costume that was deranged, I watched a clip of it today, was a four-year-old girl named Maddie who did Dolly Parton drag, but her costume included a stuffed bra and a padded butt. So this little girl has boobs. What was the song? I don't, they didn't play the song. I don't think they had the rights to it. That's right. It's always some weird music. (laughs) Yeah. It's always just some weird music over it. But I bet she was like nine to five. Probably. But she was wearing this like skin tight, like jumps pink jumpsuit and then they put fake boobs on her yeah and she's four years old it's so bizarre to me the hair and makeup guy michael who had been doing beauty pageant like child beauty pageant hair for so long he had done the mom's 
hair when she was a child beauty pageant star. He goes, I wasn't a big fan of her outfit with the boobs. Yeah, because there's some traditionalist on these shows, on these beauty pageants, and they they will be outraged on the show at Mm -hmm. some things that go over the top. So there definitely is like a conservative element in these beauty pageants, but on the toddlers and terrorist shows, they definitely focused on the more outrageous numbers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know how you like rationalize that. Like I'm going to put fake tits on my four year old. (sighs) That's weird. Especially in a performance that everyone's going to see. Like, yeah. I mean, my mom did take a picture of me as a baby in a stuffed bra, (laughs) but it wasn't, it wasn't for a show. Yeah. yeah. And she wasn't telling me to act sexy. Yeah. I mean, that's more like a comical thing. Right. It was like a joke. I am. I was thinking recently though, like my mom definitely was inappropriate or tried to get me to do things. Like one time she did my hair and makeup when I was 12 and she dressed me in like her, like Norma Kamali, like jumpsuit. It's like so 80s. <laughs> and then she like had me do photos. Like she put me makeup in one of the photos. She had me hold a glass of champagne and pretend I was laughing. Oh my God. <laughs> I honestly, it was like, I was like, I would kill to have that photo because that is the most, I can, I, I remember what it looked like. And I thought I looked so gorgeous in this poet photo. Cause I was like laughing and had my head thrown back and I was holding a glass of champagne. And you're 12. I was like maybe 10 to 12. I can't remember my exact age. Oh my God. But it was so insane, this photo shoot. And she was like, go, like, be sec, you know. And then we went to Carvel after the photo shoot. (laughs) Sorry, this is my childhood. (laughs) Who am I to judge? We went to Carvel and I was in makeup and um, everyone was like, ooh, like looking at me. And I was like so young. And And you were like, who's that? Yeah, everyone, I think someone might have said that I was like, 16 I looked like I was 16 and I was like oh my god like I was like so excited and then I think someone also told me that I looked like Blair from Facts of Life oh. and that was also like the highest compliment <laughs> but I just remember going out with like sexy hair like the the hair was like bedhead like tossled hair right it was so funny walking I don't into know Carvel. But yeah, Look, there's it's one, weird. There's one thing about dressing up, but like, I, I don't know. The whole thing is sexualized. It's, That's what the problem is. It's very sexualized, this child pageant circuit, at least the one that was portrayed. Some of them are very flirtatious and like coquettish and like doing sort of, ooh, like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And kind of shooting like your little gun at like a the judge with like a flirtatious look. And that's where it can kind of get creepy for me. It's weird. Like, it's a weird thing for me regardless. But at least when it's just innocent little, like, I'm at the beach, (laughs) like, stupid Cupid or whatever, like, something more innocent, it's, like, fine. But when it gets flirtatious, it's just weird. Yeah, and that's, like, I feel like we saw that a lot on Toddlers and Tiaras. Especially post-John Bonet. And this show, it was post-John Bonet. It has a sinister element to it. Totally. For sure. Totally. So, yeah, I definitely have mixed feelings about it because I am fascinated by that world. At the same time, I do feel kind of icky at some point. Yeah. Like, "Eh, this doesn't seem right. Right. No, (laughs) I totally agree. Our next show is a show that I did not watch, but it was very, very popular, Duck Dynasty. Never saw it. Never saw Duck Dynasty. I honestly don't even know what it's like, what their deal is. Okay, well, I'll tell you. (laughs) 
Duck, <laughs> Duck Dynasty was a reality show on A&E that followed the Robertson family and their business, Duck Commander, which is a duck call company based out of West Monroe, Louisiana. So they make duck quackers. That's a thing? Yes. When you go <laughs> duck hunting, you need like a duck mating call to attract the ducks. And you can have a whole company making those? <laughs> this family... This was a multi-million dollar company. I'm just shocked. These guys were millionaires. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, multi-millionaires, and they were like portrayed as this sort of down-home, gritty... I mean, I remember they kind of had like a ZZ Top look. They all looked like ZZ Top. They all were very like kind of grungy looking, but they were multi-millionaires. They were like hillbilly, like proud hillbillies, right? Yes. Like that's my memory... That sort of was their whole shtick. Now, the show ran from 2012 to 2017, but in 2013, the family's patriarch, Phil Robertson, made headlines because of his homophobic and bigoted remarks to GQ magazine. Uh-oh. This was a huge Twitter... I have a vague memory of this, this but was, I don't remember this exactly was what happened. This big, old-school Twitter discourse okay. when this happened. In this interview, he said, and by the way, when I read his, when I'm about to read his quote, he just said this apropos of absolutely nothing. Oh. He just launched into this. Okay. During the interview. Phil Robertson, quote, it seems to me like, to me, a vagina as a man would be more desirable than a man's anus. That's just me. I'm just thinking there's more there. She's got more to offer. I mean, come on, dudes. You know what I'm saying. But hey, sin, it's not logical, my man. It's just not logical. Wait, he said he wanted a vagina over a man's anus? He said... Or it, any anus. He doesn't, underst- <laughs> he doesn't understand why a man would want a man's anus. Okay, okay. He doesn't get it. Okay. He thinks a vagina is more desirable. The interviewer, Jew, Mc, Drew McGarry, asked <laughs> Phil Robertson what exactly he deemed was sinful. And Phil went on to say, quote, start with homosexual behavior and just morph out from there bestiality, sleeping around with this woman and that woman and that woman and those men. Don't be deceived. Neither the adulterers, the idolaters, the male prostitutes, the homosexual offenders, the greedy, the drunkards, the slanderers, the swindlers, they don't inherit the kingdom of God. Don't deceive yourself. It's not right. Ugh. (laughs) I mean, this was like... He did not like ask him these questions. He just really wanted to say this to GQ, I think. He then went on to make some really bigoted comments about Muslims, lumping them in with Nazis, claiming that neither had Jesus in their life. So he really dug a hole for himself with this interview. For no reason, apparently. Like no one asked. And rightfully pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. Because they're pretty disgusting comments. Now, following the release of this profile, He was removed, like he was suspended from the show and a statement was released condemning, like from the production, condemning his views. But this decision of suspending him was also met with a lot of outrage. Yes, because now you have the reverse people who are offended. Now people were like, this is free speech. Yeah, Yeah. This is a free speech issue, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, it's our sponsor's. Uh, I think even Cracker Barrel like pulled some Duck Dynasty merch. Look, you gotta be bad if Cracker Barrel Cracker, Cracker Barrel pulled merch and people were incensed, so they put it back immediately. Now, um, 
many people who were outraged about this, they didn't even watch this show, but they felt that they needed to defend this man. Yes, because it's tribal. Yeah, yeah, it's like this is a culture war, culture war thing, issue, yeah. and they want to defend Phil Robertson for whatever reason. Um, the family apologized for, quote, coarse language involving body parts, which I don't think was the problem. Yeah, it's missing the point. I don't think that... Also, he said vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't anus a medical term? I think so. Right? As far as I know. We would just say asshole. Hold on, let me put my glasses on. Yes, anus or rectum is a medical <laughs> Thank you, Desi. Survivor. Okay. Did you watch it? Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. I watched maybe like the first six or so seasons. So I watched the early ones. I didn't watch the middle ones or the later ones. Now, technically, the real world was the first American reality television show, but I would argue that it was actually Survivor that started the trend. Yeah. I feel like that's when the major network started going reality. Yes. Right? This was the first of its kind. And this is when people started complaining that scripted television was being uh, thrown out in place and being replaced by reality. Yes. So Survivor premiered in 2000, I believe, and the seventh season of Survivor took place in Pearl Island's Panama and featured a contestant who told what jet host... Jeff Probst said was, quote, the greatest lie in Survivor history. Survivor has a part during the course of the game where pre-selected friends or family members are flown out to the island to visit the contestants, where they compete for a chance to get to spend a full 24 hours with them at a separate location. Contestants pick two potential loved ones that fly out should they make it to this point in the game, and the reason they pick two is in case their first choice can't make it, so they have an alternate. Right. Now, a contestant on this season named Johnny Fairplay... <laughs> I saw this season. Okay. <laughs> he was met at the island by his friend Dan, who was his alternate. His first choice was his grandmother. He was expecting grandma to show up, but his friend Dan greets him instead and says, hey, your grandma's dead. And I watched this clip, and he literally says to Johnny Fairplay, dude, she died. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a pretty famous line yes. from this series. Feeling sorry for him, the contestants voted for him to get to spend the day with his friend. Right. So they all sacrificed their own comfort, because I think they get to stay in... Yeah, like, they get like a hotel and can take a hot shower, I think. Yeah, yeah. they get like a real... They get more accommodations than what their regular day to day on the game is. Yeah, which is like a it's it's like a huge advantage. It's a reward. Yeah, it's like a big reward that they vie for, and they all like decided he deserves it. His grandma died. He needs to find out what happened. Yeah, they agreed. So immediately after winning this challenge, they cut to Johnny and Dan walking down the beach together, laughing because they had just pulled the stunt. The grandma was not dead. Yes. And Johnny thought this was hilarious that he just duped everybody into giving him this huge reward. I mean, it's Survivor. (laughs) I know know a good amount about Survivor, but I've never watched it. I think Survivor had like a quarantine revival. Like a lot of people started watching it because I think they put a lot of the early seasons on Netflix. It's a good show. 
Like you will get into it yeah. because it's a lot of, um, it's made for backstabbing and alliances. So it's very soap opera-y. Yeah. Uh, and they cast it very well. Um, I think after, I think around after that season is when I stopped watching. Um, but it's so in the pop culture, you still kind of follow it. Like yeah. you said, you know a lot about. I mean, I knew who Richard Hatch was. Yeah. And. I, I mean, the first season of Survivor, because it had, not, you know, no one knew what to expect. It was such a wild ride. Yeah. And Richard was such a villain. Uh, so when he won, it was just kind of insane. Right. Uh, but he just was, he just killed it. Um, right. And I think after that, it started being more like the, 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 Second and th- like after the first season of a reality show like this, everyone starts realizing the tricks and the you know what I mean. So the first season of this type of show is always really interesting, right? Because no one knows, and they really are out on this island, pretty much fending for themselves, right? It is a very crazy physical challenge, right? Because you're there. I think maybe the game is like thirty to forty five days or something. It's like a long period. Yeah. And are they like hunting for their own food? I think they get like rice, like a portion of rice. But, but they're not they, eating a they lot. They have to like supplement it. Yeah, a lot of them lose a ton of weight on right. the show. Like you'll see that. Um, yeah, I think then they could probably supplement it with like fruit and like vegetables. And I'm not sure if they get meat. I, I don't remember. I haven't seen it in so long. Well, obviously this made Johnny a huge villain. Oh, yeah. For telling a lie like this and garnering sympathy over this lie. He told the cameras that same episode, he's like, my grandma's alive. She's probably at home watching Jerry Springer. Uh, Jeff Probst later called his actions despicable. A few years later, Johnny Fairplay was a presenter at the Fox Reality Really Awards where he was met with loud boos from the audience when he walked out on stage. Yeah. People were not happy with this guy. No. Even like three years later. And Johnny says to the audience, are you guys really booing? Then Danny Bonaducci walked out on stage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if he was the, if he was the host or if he was just on the stage, but Danny Bonaducci comes out on stage. He grabs the mic and he says, they're booing because they hate you. (sighs) And this like pisses off Johnny Fairplay. He's upset. Danny just exits the stage Johnny runs up to him, jumps on him, and then Danny Bonaducci throws him off of him, which sends Johnny Fairplay smacking onto the ground face first. He like Whoa. lost a tooth. Wow. Do you remember that period of Danny Bonaducci? Of course I do. <laughs> when he got like really muscular. It was creepy. He was, it was a, so creepy. He was way too yoked. Yeah. It was like he got a little, it, yeah. I don't, it just got too much. I don't need to see swole Danny Bonaducci. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when Carrot Top got big. Ugh, it's vulgar. <laughs> yeah, it was just something wrong I about it. I don't need that. Uh, and to bring everything full circle, in December of 2020, so just a few months ago, Johnny <gasps> Fairplay was arrested on larceny charges for stealing from his grandma. Grandma. <laughs> What a loser. Well, this guy's thrown his grandma under the bus. I'm I mean so many times. She's still alive. That's great. I can't yeah. it's been twenty years. She's still <laughs> That's alive. Like, yeah. Go grandma. Damn. Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest loser. Okay. Did you watch it? I have seen this show, but it was not like 
a regular watcher. I think I watched one episode and was like, this is not for me. Yeah, not for me either. It kind of made me uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I, I have a vivid, vivid <laughs> memory of eating while I was watching it and being I, like, what? I'm like laughing I'm at myself. Pretty sure <laughs> I tur- I'm pretty sure I turn it off when they put the contestants in a horse stall. Oh my and God. And I was like, this is... Okay, I didn't see that. (laughs) Dude, they like made them run around the track, but first they made them go in horse stalls, like like barnyard animals. Okay, that seems out of line. This is a demented show. This reality competition show has been riddled with scandal for years, from assertions that the weight loss methods aren't healthy to reports that the contestants have gained all the weight back after leaving the show. Season three contestant Kai Hibbard said, quote, the whole fucking show is a fat shaming disaster and I'm embarrassed to have participated in it. Yeah. Contestants are put on a rigorous workout schedule from day one, sometimes working out for up to eight hours a day. Yeah. Uh, This is another quote from Hibbard. She says, one contestant had a torn calf muscle and burstitis in (gasps) her knees. Oh, my God. The doctor told her, you need to rest. But she said, production told me I can't rest. At one point after that, production ordered her to run. And she said, I can't. She was seriously injured. But they edited her to make her look lazy and bitchy and combative. Oh, Kai cites emotional abuse from production as well. She says, quote, they would say things to contestants like, you're going to die before your children grow up. You're going to die just like your mother. We've picked out your fat person coffin. (gasps) That was in a text message. One production assistant told a contestant to take up smoking because it would cut her appetite in half. Oh, my God. On top of all that, contestants were not only doing these insane, rigorous workout schedules, yeah. but they were also eating around 1,000 calories a day, which obviously is not healthy. Kai said that the food, which was provided by the show's sponsors, wasn't even nutritious. <gasps> it was like a lot of processed, packaged... Gross. Like not fresh, whole foods. Right, right. Other former contestants, however, disagreed with Kai's assessment of the show, saying their experiences were different. Season 8 winner Danny Cahill says, she may actually believe what she says. I just find it hard to believe when almost every other contestant talks publicly about the positive aspects. The show is lifelike. There are positive and negative. I'm sorry she chooses to only see the few negative aspects. I don't know. That seems like a lot of negative things. And she had a different experience. I mean... Yeah, her experience sounds like it sucks. Yeah. Um, there was also controversy when contestant Rachel Fredrickson won season 15 because her dramatic weight loss caused a lot of concern. People thought she lost too much weight. Oh. Um, Jillian Michaels, who was a trainer on the show on and off for I years. Her. She said, quote, Obviously, I thought she had lost too much weight. And I was immediately concerned and wondering how this happened, how no one had said something to me and how the checks and balances that have been put into place, in my opinion, this had fallen through those checks and balances. However, Jillian herself had faced her own scandal involving the show when it was discovered she was giving out caffeine pills to contestants on her team. Because <gasps> each trainer gets like That's a, right. They get like a team. And then you get kicked off when you don't lose the weight. Yes. That's why I think I stopped watching that show because the weigh-in at the end was so traumatizing for me. Like I, I literally was in physical pain watching these people yeah. have to go on the scale and not have lost 
and like then get kicked off when they didn't lose. Like that was sort of the heartbreaking thing. Cause it was like, well, a lot of things go into play here. Like it's not that they didn't try hard. Our last show we're going to be talking about is The Bachelor. Oh. Now, there are enough Bachelor scandals to fill an entire episode. Yeah. So I've just focused on the one that I really want to talk about, which is the entirety of season 18, Juan Pablo. Okay. Did you watch this season? No, but I want to watch this season. <laughs> okay. I know a lot about it, though. There's no, you don't have to worry about spoilers. Okay. Desi... This is the first season I ever watched of The Bachelor. Oh, really? So every subsequent season I've tried to watch of The Bachelor has been boring. Because this, in my opinion, is the best season of The Bachelor. I think most people think that. Uh, Yeah, and they should, because it is fucking absurd. And I think the thing that made it good was that he was a bad guy. He was horrible. So that made it sort of wild. He's widely known as the worst bachelor in franchise history. And why is he bad? Because he does not give a shit. He is so arrogant and he's not even (laughs) like mean. I mean, he's mean, but he's not, he's just so aloof. He just doesn't care. And he's, he's like, if he's like an evil himbo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like himbos are nice. Yeah. But he's an evil himbo. That's scary. Yeah, I don't like him. Okay, after competing on The Bachelorette in 2013, 32-year-old Juan Pablo Galvez was selected to be The Bachelor on the 18th season of The Bachelor. What was... Who was the woman on his season? Do you, I didn't watch. Okay. I didn't watch that season, but okay. usually the person... He was a contestant on a Bachelorette season, yes. and that's how he got picked to be The Bachelor. I was curious, because I was trying to figure out why he got selected. Apparently, he was a fan favorite, but he wasn't on for that long. Like He didn't make it that far. I, I feel like I watched that season, The Bachelorette that he was on. So he probably didn't get enough screen time for people to get to know his personality. He was also on a different level. It's yeah. one thing to just be one of the guys and yeah. another to be the one who's in charge. Well, when you're one of the guys vying for the girl's affection or vice versa, you're on your best fucking behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Now that he's the big daddy, yeah. he's he was on his worst behavior. Ooh. And he... Bad daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so 27 women would compete to win over the Venezuelan soccer player from Miami. What followed was a particularly messy season of reality TV, and Juan Pablo would go down in history as the worst bachelor ever. (laughs) Now, the final three women this season were Claire, Nikki, and Andy. They all traveled to St. Lucia for a romantic getaway where the contestants would have the option to spend a night alone with Juan Pablo in the fantasy suite. Love the fantasy suite. Now that's like the big (laughs) thing every season is when it gets down to the final three contestants, they have the option to spend the night with the bachelor or bachelorette in the quote fantasy suite, which basically means like you get to decide if you want to fuck him or her now. Right. And you always have to get the card like it's like an invitation. A, a surprise. Yeah. Oh, what's this? Oh, the fantasy suite. Oh, that you've had every season. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they always act we, like it's this new thing. They pass this on like a little silver tray. It's an invitation. Always, <laughs> it's always when they're out to dinner. Yeah. On this night when there's only three girls left, we all know the fantasy suite is coming. Right. And then they spend all night talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, alleged, they, they stay up all night talking. So these three women, they all go to St. Lucia with him. They always go to a new island destination or some right. romantic getaway. Look, they do a lot of traveling. They do. They go all over. They went to Vietnam this season. Oh. I think they went to Europe. I mean, they went everywhere. And I would always be jealous watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette because, like, I've never... I want to go to these places. Uh, So this season, I thought that the locations they went to were envy-inducing. Ooh, yeah. Uh, So Juan Pablo, during a confessional... Um, okay. So he spends the night with Andy in the fantasy suite. And during a confessional the next morning, Andy reveals that she could not wait to leave the morning after. Ooh. And Andy had the crushing realization in the fantasy suite that night that Juan Pablo really only cares about Juan Pablo. And this was a total Kaiser Sose moment for her. She's flashing back through his behavior this entire season. Did they show the snippets of what she's flashing back on? No, they didn't, unfortunately. But she's just realizing, she's like, this guy has not asked a single question to me. Yeah. He has only talked about himself, and he is so, like, just, like, dead behind that. Like, he's just, like, so not there. Like, he just only talks about himself. So... She goes to confront him that morning and basically tells him that she's leaving. She's like, I don't even care what, if you give me a rose, like I'm out of here. Yeah. And his reaction was, it's okay. That was like his famous line. Every, to everything he just said, it's okay. It's okay. I literally have no feeling. This guy showed no emotion and no feeling, of course, which would drive these women nuts. Because if you've watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, everyone thinks this is like some crazy whirlwind storybook romance. They're like madly in love with this person they just met. And it doesn't matter that like three other bitches are also in love with him too. Right. They're in love with him. And so to get met with no emotion is like pretty jarring. Yeah. Because they're all grasping for any sign that he's interested in him because even in the best circumstances with the bachelor, they kind of keep things close to the vest because they can't really reveal that they love someone. Uh, so they kind of have to hint at things. Right. But he was just so cavalier. Yeah. So it's like even worse when they can't even give you any sort of things like just know I really am into you. No. Or like, yeah, he would always just be like, yeah, Okay. Yeah. He just did not give a fuck. Uh, I'm getting like faint. I want to watch this it's season. It's so, so good. <laughs> so Andy then gets pissed. She because she's like telling him that she's breaking up with him, and he just has no reaction whatsoever. Oh my God. And so she says, "Do you even know anything about me? Do you know what social issues I care about? Do you know if I want kids? Do you even know what my religion is?" And Juan Pablo starts getting like I think um, he's a narcissist, so he starts getting a little like frustrated she's calling him out basically yeah and he tries he interrupts her when she's asking all this stuff and he tries to do a gotcha to her he says what's my religion and she says catholic without even skipping a beat and he looks so owned in that moment i mean come on it's (laughs) (laughs) so during this same trip so andy leaves she's like doesn't even wait for the rose. She just bounces. But during this same trip to St. Lucia, Claire, who has become a Bachelor Nation star. Is she a bachelorette? 
in pre- another season? She was, I think, last season okay. was The Bachelorette. Okay. If, if you're a fan of Darcy Silva, I think you'll be very um, riveted by Claire Crowley. Okay. I know her name. Look, she doesn't have a lot of time. She wants to find romance. She's looking for right. love. Don't waste her fucking time. Claire and Juan Pablo are taking a helicopter ride because they always take fucking helicopter. I know. That's why I could never be on the show. I know. Same. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That and the bungee jumping, I can't. I can't do that. And I also don't want to do the hot tubs. (laughs) (laughs) Just the constant hot tubs. I can't. They're always in hot tubs. They're always going for a night swim. I don't like any of those things. Like when they're like, oh, let's climb up the side of the skyscraper to prove how we trust each other. Right. I'm not fucking doing that with anybody. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do it with you. Especially with some dipshit I just (laughs) met on the show. (laughs) They're always doing the things I don't want to do and not doing the things I do want to do, like fucking eat. Well, and I also hate the idea that if I don't do this, I've proved I'm not fun or something. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. I don't want to hang glide. Like, go to hell. (laughs) I'm super fun. (laughs) Funner than everyone fucking here. So they're up in this helicopter, and Claire asks him, so how are you feeling? What's going on? And Juan Pablo leans in and says, I don't know, but I liked fucking you. (laughs) And Claire is like... Does it beep? Yeah, it beeps. It does beep. And obviously Claire is like, uh... I want something a little more romance. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> the fucking, he's right in front of... The, the guy, the pilot's right next to them. I didn't know if they liked... <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> she was fucking pissed. Juan Pablo also slut-shamed Claire earlier during this same trip. Oh. Because... One night they went into the ocean together. Oh, I heard about this, yeah. They went into the ocean together at night for a night swim. And the next morning he scolded her because he didn't want his young daughter to see this episode. Oh. He's like, I don't want her to get the wrong idea. When it was like, dude, you were in there too. Yeah. Look, this guy was a fucking asshole. But just dumb as hell. Too. He was so dumb as hell. But who does... Oh, I guess you can't tell us who she picks. Dude... <laughs> I can tell you if you want to know. Well, yeah. Okay, so he rejects Claire, and Claire is, like, in tears, and she's like, you know what? Fuck you. I am so, like, embarrassed for your daughter that she has a father like you. She tells him off, and it's glorious. Um, Who's the other woman? Nikki. So he picks Nikki. <laughs> Nikki is the the most submissive of the three. And she's oh. like, oh, Juan Pablo. But he doesn't even... And they're ro- obviously broken up already. Well, he didn't even propose to her. Oh. Because the thing about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is there's always a proposal at the end. But he did something like, I just want you to know that I have this ring. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he's like, I have this ring. I'm going to put it back in my pocket. I'm not going to use Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you don't get the Neil Lane diamond ring that we give to every contestant. It's the same fucking ring every year. cut. <laughs> It's, an, it's a fucking, or it's a, it's either the emerald cut or the cushion cut with the little circles, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the little halo. Um, so then there's this thing after the finale. They do after, after the, the rose, after the <laughs> after the final rose, which is like the tell all. Yes, I love the women tell all. The women, That's the best episode. <laughs> and the women 
sat there just with scowls on their face, and they roasted him during this tell-all. Now, at some point during the season, towards the end of the season, Juan Pablo went on a radio station, I believe, and he made some homophobic remarks. Uh, so he's, he said that somebody asked him, they were like, do you think there'll be a gay bachelor one day? And he was like, no, that's gay people are perverts. That's not appropriate <laughs> for kids. Jesus. He like literally used the word pervert, right? Like it was like, there was no mincing words. Like it was like, it was bad. So on the tell all, one of the former contestants confronted him about it and she was pissed and she's like, uh, one of my parents is gay. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Like, she was like, you could tell she was like enraged. She's fired up about it. She was yeah. so fired up about it. And other women were chiming in, like, yeah, what the fuck did you mean by that? And don't give me that bullshit. English is a second language. Yeah. Pervert is the same in every <laughs> yeah, language. Exactly. So in, in uh, Spanish. Yeah. Well, well, because he would try and he, he would, would use that. He used that all the time in the seat. How the, do you say? <laughs> Dude, he would say all the time, he'd be like, oh, lost in translation after he would say something like really offensive to one of the women. Like, but he was a total liar. It was not an innocent. He knew what he was doing. So they confronted him and whatever. He gave some bullshit sort of, oh, was that taken out of context? Yeah, yeah. And that's when the woman was like, well, pervert means the same in every language. (laughs) So that's my advertisement for The Bachelor with Juan Pablo. I it's believe. on Hulu, I think. I'm going to watch it. It's such a good season. I meant to do it uh, a few weeks ago when I was sort of watching some reality. I was in a reality TV rut. I mean, I could probably watch it again. It's so good. I think Allie from Webcrawlers was watching it. And I was like, oh, I should watch it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should all uh, we should all watch it and then we can do a special <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon something or totally. other recap. Yeah. Uh yeah. That looks fun. So, that's all my reality cra- Wow, this episode was a lot longer than I thought it would be. Oh, good. That's what happens when you bring up American Idol, I guess. <laughs> okay, so listeners, if you were or someone you know have any good reality show uh behind the scenes insight if you've been on a reality show, and I would love to know if any of our listeners have been on a reality yeah. show. And I would also love to know if any of our listeners have been a part of the child beauty pageant circuit. So send those emails in. Send those emails in. Our email address is hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com. Yeah. And we will see you on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 